So if you like this podcast, and why wouldn't you? You ought to check out another podcast on this feed, which is Remember This Crap, which new episodes drop every Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. So it's time to remember this crap. Okay. I don't, you could have you could have hit me in the head with Ted Brown, and I wouldn't have known who he was. For all you youngsters out there, Steve Stone voice. He said, you're a hell of a football player, but you are not a quarterback. A moment of silence. I think he died. I might be wrong. When I was a kid, this might... This might join the list of things like, you know, Ali Haji Sheik scalping tickets. So obviously my memory is not perfect. The famous brothers where one was awesome and one uh, not so much. Yes. So one, one carry a year? Pretty much. He, uh, Ed, it's like a Christmas bonus. Eddie, here's your carry. You, whatever they wrote down, that became your name. So he was actually quite a bust at one point in his life. Like Ozzy and Jose Canseco. Congratulatory asshole. How about like uh, Joe DiMaggio? Now, Dom DiMaggio was a great center fielder defensively, I guess. But there was also a Vince DiMaggio who was sucked. Uh, Jerry and Scott Hairston, which one would actually qualify as the good one? And then the more apt one, of course, would be Corey and Eric Patterson. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Did you just did you look that up? Or no. You, I feel at least somewhat validated that that was making the rounds back then. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Be something you wish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Ready? SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Welcome back to a playoff excitement level edition of the Pointless Exercise Bears podcast. Because the Bears, winners of three of their last ten games, have made the the playoff spot that never before existed, the seventh spot in the National Football Conference. With me, as always, is actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, would you like to give the, the home listeners your uh, bona fides? Yes, you can is find it, me. It's at, not bona fides; it's bona fides. Is that right, or is that if I'm Italian? People, it seems like people say bona fides when they want to sound, you know, sound smart. Like, yeah, that's oh, me. I don't say bona fides. That's <laughs> go go with the bona fides. Yes, uh, MikePusateri.com on the uh, the Twitter at MikePusateri, the Insta I am MikePusateri, and the IMDb Pro at, or the IMDb, I guess at MikePusateri. MikePusateri number two. There you go. Number two. That's not a that's not a commentary on your acting. It's not. It's not a commentary on on Mitch. It's just it's just number two. Okay, number two. The actual okay. number two, not not any kind of. It's a, it's a Roman Roman numeral number two. I oh, think, that's technically. Fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. Remember the Steve Martin movie? Um, is it Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Is that the name of the movie? Yes. And he walks and he says, uh, "The room smelled like the number on the door." And it was number two. It's, <laughs> a lot of, it's a thinker. It is. Yeah. So the playoffs are this are coming up, and the Bears are in them. How exciting that a team that started off five and one didn't miss the playoffs, <laughs> and they didn't despite, miss. 
their best efforts and despite losing, getting their asses handed to them by their rival. They still back then. You know how many teams with winning records the Bears beat this year? Uh, just the Bucks. Yes. Right? One. 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 And that game, who knew it? That was the, the crucial game. The clincher. Actually, I guess any of them were. Yeah. Any, and one of those eight exciting wins. Do you know what Mitch's season record as a starter against team's winning record was? Well, he didn't start that game, so zero. No, zero I mean, do you know what his record was? Not just how many wins, but what his wins and losses against winning teams this year. Oh, well, uh, I guess win zero in how, how many ever how many games did he start? Two. Two. Just the two Packer games. Every other okay. Mitch start was against a team with a losing record. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And he only appeared in one other game against a team with a winning record. He played one play, fell down, hurt himself, was out for a month, and that's the team they're playing on Sunday. There was a preview of what the Saints can expect. Yes. And that might be the best case scenario for the Bears, is that Mitch falls down on the first play, hurts himself. And then the greatest relief quarterback since Don Strock, Nick Foles, gets to do his thing down on the bayou. Well, Nick, is he is rested and ready for sure. He's rested. He's arrested. We don't know if he's, he's right. Ha- he's at least he's... half of it. <laughs> <sighs> so before we get to that, maybe we need to rehash yes. uh, the Sterling Bear effort against the Packers. Here's the kind of scary thing. So they lost by 19 points. The game was over once uh, Danny Trevathan was futilely chasing Marquez Valdez Scantling up the field, making it 14 to 10. It was over. Yeah. Um I don't know how much better the Bears can play against the Packers. And it wasn't close. That's kind and of they, a bad sign. That is uh that's a it's an interesting point. I mean, defensively it, obviously they didn't do a great job, but that's that's about as much as this bunch can play right now. That's they're about not, how they're good been, anymore. The Bears no. don't have anything to hang their hat on other than Cairo Santos. Other than Cairo Santos, which is not nothing. No. They do. They have, they have a good kicker. It's amazingly but a fantastic kicker. Defense is a sieve, and their offense was a myth, and we knew it, and it proved it in well, Technicolor on Sunday. And the game started was a weird start to the game, too, right? Because you have this <laughs> bizarre touchback, which really, I mean, they made the wrong call on the field, I think. I mean, he really should have been out at the one, but it was one of those, yeah, there's no way you can reverse that. I mean, what and, what Corderell was trying to do is the right thing, but the yeah. the ball was he, you know, the ball was in a, the perfectly wrong spot for him to try it. He was basically as spread out as possible. Typically what you see is it's the kick is near the sideline, and so the kick returner just gets out of bounds and reaches onto the field of play to catch the ball. And that's right. very clear because if you're out of bounds and you catch the ball, the ball's out of bounds, and it's a, so it's a penalty. It this, it works the same way if the ball is rolling down the field, but I've never seen anybody actually try to attempt that, which was Corderell trying to put his left foot do the hokey pokey, oh, put his left foot reason. out, and then reach as far as he could and stop the ball, and he uh, he 
couldn't get his feet, he couldn't get the timing down. Right. So we had the rare instance. I, 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 it, there's no way it's ever happened before where the Packers' dainty little coach, Matt LaFleur, lost his replay for the first half with no time off the – there had no time had, had gone off the clock in the half. Right. One second, right? Or was it maybe one second? None, because no, the kick out of bounds. They, uh, the clock had actually run, and they put it back to 15 because when the That's ruling was that it, the yeah. kick was out of bounds, the clock shouldn't have started. So 15 minutes to go in the first quarter, and the Packers don't have – and that ended up becoming a crucial thing later in the half for the Bears – because the Cole Komet fumble, had that been ruled him being down on the field, LaFleur wouldn't have been able to challenge it. Because they ruled it a fumble and then went to look at it. He didn't need to use a challenge because every turnover is reviewable. Right. Because I thought, I couldn't, I couldn't, this would be amazing. With Kevin Burkhart and Moose, I could never tell what was happening. <laughs> So I, at first I thought, oh, well, they ruled Komet fumbled. Then the way Moose was talking, it sounded like they didn't rule that it was a fumble. So I'm getting ready to tweet, ha, 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 LaFleur fucked up, he can't challenge. And then they're, I see the ref saying they're going to challenge it, which obviously meant they had ruled it a fumble. Right. <sighs> you know, it's, I don't know why it's so hard to explain what's going on. But you can't listen to the radio, and some weeks you can't watch the TV. <laughs> Other than that, and you can't go to games. But other than one of those three options, you can get a perfectly good idea. You know, when you read the paper in the morning, I guess that's when you find out what really that's happened. That's when you find out what happened, right, yeah. Well, anyhow, so it should have been a big break for the Bears. Uh, again, because the replay clearly showed, I thought, Corderell touched the ball before his foot went out of bounds. Yeah, and I think it was one of those. They called it on – the Bears got lucky because they called it on the field Yeah, that he was out of bounds. So ball at the 40. And then the replay guys are like, I don't know. So. Can't reverse it, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we didn't know at that time, but this was going to be a game, evidently, where players are having to call the yes. penalty. A lot of that. So, a lot of play- like, <laughs> I thought for sure the pass interference, when Duke Shelley Ice was holding, he grabbed Devontae Adams twice on the same yeah. route on a third down. Looked like an incomplete pass. Devontae Adams runs to the ref and yells, as you could hear, playing his day, throw the fucking what? flag. And then the flag comes out. I thought, oh, it's 15 yards on Devontae for swearing at the ref. No. One of the other refs is like, yes, if you're not going to call it, I just will. And one of the other refs from off screen throws the flag out for the (laughs) holding penalty. Right. Um, Mitch had one where the Packers were clearly offsides, and he's just pointing at the Packer. Right. Which that pisses me off because, and I wrote about that too, that Mitch still hasn't figured this out. When you get the guy to jump, you're supposed to just immediately send somebody deep and just chuck it. But he's always he's so proud of himself that he actually caught somebody. And I will give I guess I should give him a break That's on right. that one because the refs didn't seem to want to call it. And Mitch is like he right. was he was basically like he was like Mitch is even pointing where he ended up. Yeah, he's like he was there, and then finally a flag comes out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, who knew well, it was it, rec league football? Yeah, and, and penalties. Alex- Alex Bars had a clear false start mm-hmm. that the Packers are losing their minds about. It was, in that, fact, that it was so call. bad that when they first showed the replay on Fox, you're like, he would, there was no false start there. It's because he had false started and reset long enough <laughs> yeah. that when they started the replay, it was after he had already reset. 
So on, that was the, on the replay, it looks like, no, there's no penalty there. Then they run back like three seconds earlier, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was bad. That was real bad, yeah. 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 So strange game. The Bears get a break to start the game. They go on a very, you know, un-Bear-like, but yet classic Bear-like 63-play drive or whatever it was. Long, plotting drive. Plotting, the, right. the drive was so long that David Montgomery – suffered a season ending injury and returned for the same drive. <laughs> right. And uh, Mitch averaging what? Th- 3 yards per attempt. He was he was 12 he was of his first 18 for 88 yards. That is that will scare you. That's Shane Matthews um Craig Krenzel <laughs> stuff. That's that. Yeah, really I was going to say Kyle Orton, but that's an insult to Kyle Orton. That's a big insult to Cal Orton. Yeah. It's Shane Matthews is the perfect. That's the perfect guy. That's was, exactly what that was. That was Shane Matthews. All right. We're going to go deep. We're going to go deep. Go seven yards and come back. The Shane, that's not deep. I'm sorry. <laughs> seven yard run. It is. It is today. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Darnell Mooney, who had a, had a great game. Most of those routes seem to be designed to see how hard they could get Darnell hit. And then finally yeah. on the last one, he was killed. By exactly. Took, him all, took took an entire game of Darnell bailing out Mitch. He had 11, and, 11 for 93. And you're like, oh, that's not too bad. 53 of them are on one play. Right. Your wide receiver should not catch 10 passes for 40 yards. Which again, it wasn't a terrible pass by Mitch, but if he hits them in stride. No, and that one I blamed on, that one I blame on the offense. The, the way the play was designed. Well, that's for sure because he had because to roll to his left, and then they clearly back. the play was for that deep shot. It's not like it was okay. We're gonna go here and then look. I mean, the whole play was designed to get the ball to Mooney. They have Mitch roll out to his left, so that he has yeah. to turn, and then the play is run right down the middle of the field. So he has to turn and throw all and and throw back across his body sixty with yards ev- in the air with everything he has, and so he does. Have, yes, but if you if it's just a straight drop back. Or even if you roll him to the right, he, oh, I don't know that Mitch could. I don't know that Mitch can actually execute it. No, but he would have a much better chance of throwing it in front of Darnell, who clearly had his man beat, and it's a touchdown. But the play design, unless now it's always possible that that play is supposed to be thrown thirty yards down the field, but by the time Mitch figured out what was going on, <laughs> it was it needed to be sixty yards down the field. I don't know, I, but I. You know, it's yeah. Um, Michael Lombardi, who I love to make fun of, yeah. because he says so many stupid things. Occasionally, here's the thing about Lombardi: he repeats a lot of things that smart people have said. He gets a lot of it wrong. He misremembers it. He has a Marcus Aurelius quote that he uses all the time that is nowhere close to the actual <laughs> Marcus Aurelius quote. What's the quote? <sighs> well, I only know the Lombardi version now because I've heard it so many okay, times. Well. <laughs> Basically, the secret to victory lies in. Uh, the non-obvious, something like that. That's what he That's says good. it is. And it, it makes far more sense, the translated actual Marcus Aurelius quote. Right. But one of the things, um, one of the other things he loves to say is a Bill Walsh quote. And he worked, when he says he worked for Bill, it always cracks me up. Um, Bill didn't like to, Bill had a really nice car, but didn't like to drive. So Lombardi used to drive Bill to practice him back. Basically, Lombardi would drive to Bill Walsh's house, get in Bill Walsh's car, 
drive Bill to practice. When it was time to go home, he would drive Bill home, get in his piece of crap car, and then go home. So when he says, well, I won a Super Bowl with the Niners, it's like, oh, okay, so did the towel boy. Uh, yeah, but one right. of the Bill Walsh quotes he uses a lot is, if we're all thinking the same thing, nobody's thinking. Which, that actually sounds like he might have got that quote right. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things he attributes to Walsh is this whole idea that in the meeting room with the coaches, whoever has, who's ever at the whiteboard last wins. In other words, they can, on the whiteboard, you can scheme anything because right. physics don't matter on the whiteboard. And so on the whiteboard, rolling Mitch to his left and throwing 60 yards down the field seems like a brilliant idea. <laughs> and then he does it in the game, and you're like, oh, he couldn't really throw it that far. Like, yeah, right, because he's not fucking Superman. That's why he couldn't right. throw it that far. I mean, you deal with his limitations all the time, and then you set up a big play with no regard for those limitations. Right. Makes no sense. That's the, that's, yeah. So that long bear, seven and a half minute drive, um, where they had to convert, Mitch, Mitch completed his first three passes on the drive. They were all terrible passes. Yeah. He, yeah. he swung one out but, to Cole Komet. Where people say, but he, but he, but he completed them, Andy. So therefore he's good. Yes. Look. Little swing pass to Cole Komet. Cole has, Cole six, five has to <laughs> jump. Catches just at his, on his, just on the tips of his fingers. Lands can't get any extra yards. Right. There's a little curl into Mooney. There, Mooney has. I mean, Mooney's five foot two, but Mitch threw it like he's Wilt Chamberlain. Mooney jumps up and grabs it. And then the fourth down play. So, Montgomery gets hurt on third down. Sets up a third and three. They bring Artavis Price in. Oh. And I'm like, well, at least we know the one thing they're not going to do. They're not going to give it to Artavis. They do. <laughs> he is swarmed. It's like in Tech Mobile when, when the other guy would pick your play. And it was just immediately a pile. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. There's like 18 guys on him. Yeah. And Nagy's like, well, fuck it. We're going to have to go for it. They go for it. Call a play to Anthony Miller where he makes this ridiculous. Mitch now overcorrects. Instead of throwing yeah. the ball six feet over Anthony's head, he immediately throws it at his shoe. <laughs> Miller does this weird kind of sweepy catch, grabs it, gets the first down. The Bears yeah. keep going. They score a touchdown. Everything's great. Aaron Rodgers literally does a hold my beer. Like the, <laughs> the Bears' first drive was like seven minutes and 22 seconds. So Rodgers takes 726 for the <laughs> Packers to go down. Yeah. <sighs> he, he makes it look so easy, Rodgers. That's, you know. And he, it's just every pass is is it's perfect. He hits guys in stride. He hits them in the chest. Yeah. And Mitch makes everything looks like look like he's riding a unicycle on a tightrope. I mean, and it's I know it's, it's ridiculous to compare so much effort. If, if you figure Aaron Rodgers it's is like so one of the bad. is like one of the five best quarterbacks of all time, it's 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 folly. Yeah, to clearly Mitch yeah. to him. You know, but what but you yet, really yet see people do. What what you really see though is the the tremendous differences between a really good quarterback and a guy, and Mitch yeah. has had to the last month has made himself into just a guy. That's where his improvement has gotten him. Yeah. It's all in the it's all in the little things now that I have no faith Mitch will ever be able to master. You know, Rodgers can throw a receiver open. He can see where the defensive back is. And when, when a receiver has to adjust to a Rodgers pass, he's literally leading them away from a defender. Where yeah. with Mitch, it's like, 
well, shit, I'll just get it somewhere near him, and then he can figure it out. Yeah. And part of it is, I, Mitch isn't very accurate. Another part of it is he doesn't he he can't he doesn't anticipate anything. And then part of it is, I mean, I there's no way I can sit here and tell you how the Bears coach him, but I can look at the evidence. And the fact that every year since Nagy's got there, they've had like six guys all in charge of coaching Mitch. And I guarantee right. you, he gets six different things all the time. Right. No, you should do this on this play. No, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's like, what? Which is not fair to Mitch. I mean, he's, a sim- he's a simple-minded guy in the first place. <laughs> Clearly incapable of having two thoughts at once. That's why Lawrence Holmes tweeted out that uh, the next step for Mitch is going to be when he catches those guys off sides to go deep. And I tweeted back to him, it's never going to happen because he can only think about one thing at a time. He literally can only yeah. think about the hard count. And then when it, it works, that's mission accomplished. If that hasn't There's happened never by any room now, for phase two of anything. Well, if it hasn't happened by now, yeah. it's not going to, what does he need three more years to figure out to it's do his, that? It's his fourth <laughs> year as a starting NFL quarterback. Yeah. And then if you include all of his immense experience at North Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> it's his fifth year as a starting quarterback. And then if you tie in his high school brilliance and mentor, it's his sixth year as a starting. The Bears are the only place he's ever been where he started more than one year. Yeah. How, let's let that sink in for a minute. He couldn't get out of the field at North Carolina until his senior year. No, and That's the guy, incredible. I don't remember the name of the guy who played before him, like Marquise Williams, I think was his name. Yeah, was not very good. It's not like no. he was stuck behind. You know, it's not like he yeah, He went to NC State when Phil Rivers was there, and you can understand <laughs> why all those guys on the bed. No, they couldn't wait to get to turn. You know, when they recruited him, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. This is Trubisky kid is an athletic marvel. Right. And then for two years they went, oh, we're not letting that play. Yeah. But thankfully, he he got in just in time to light it up in the Sun Bowl. And that's all it took for the the pace with his, you know, glasses with the mustache attached and the (laughs) hiding in the Jesus Christ hiding hiding in the local Starbucks. So as if the day wasn't you know it was infuriating enough. Bear game ends. Bear game for whatever. It's it's always odd to me, and it's happening again in the playoffs. I don't. I'm. I like Mitch. I'm a simple-minded person. NFC games are on Fox. AFC right. games are on CBS. CBS don't intermingle. Yeah. And then NFC games at AFC teams are on Fox. AFC games at NFC teams are on CBS. That way, right. Jim Nance gets to hit the restaurants in both, in all the cities <laughs> eventually. Exactly. Exactly. Bears. Packers. It's on CBS for some reason. No, it was on yeah. Fox. Was it on Fox? It was on Fox. Yeah, it was on Fox. Yeah, it's next week that I'm throwing. But anyway, so the yeah. game ends, and then uh, oh, I know what it was. It's on Nickelodeon. Rams, Rams, Cardinals was on CBS for some reason. Right. That game ends. They go to the oh, look at the exciting finale of um, Titans Texans. One last chance to watch Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And just sitting there like, oh, that's right. We could have had this. Right. There's Deshaun. 
um, passing Patrick Mahomes for most yards passed for during the season. There's Deshaun leading a last-second um, touchdown drive to put the yeah. Texans up, although then a ridiculous pass to A.J. Brown, and the Titans ended up winning. But it's just like, oh, that's right. We could have had that. But no. Our genius general manager outsmarted everybody, including right. himself. So. <sighs> Well, we saw that. Ex- I mean, you you pointed it out in the newsletter, but we saw that exposed um, that ro- the roster construction. There's no backup for Montgomery. Nope. There's no there's no NFL. There's Corderell, who's a kick returner. There's no NFL. Well, Ryan Null. There's Ryan Null. There's no backup. So, like I said, there's no backup for Montgomery. There are clearly no cornerbacks on this team. When when. Duke Shelley leaves you wanting for Buster Screen. Yep. I mean, what is going on I mean, it, here? Rodgers went into the game with the very obvious, uh, just whoever Duke is on, except maybe that was Pagano's plan. All right, they're going to pick on Duke. So how about this? Let's put Danny Trevathan on whoever the third wide receiver is. That'll make Rodgers look like an idiot. Why aren't you throwing yeah. Trevathan instead? And then he did. And then it was a touchdown. Was, yeah. So we know Chuck is going to be the fall guy. You wrote about it. I was talking to my buddy about it yesterday. We we all know, but we all know Pagano is going to be the fall guy. But I thought they would at least. I, I and then I thought they would be like, okay, so here's what we're going to do next year, guys. We're going to get get a new defensive coordinator, and we're going to have Bill Lazor call the plays from day one, and that'll fix it. But then it's leaking out now that no Nagy is more involved in the play calling, so we, See, we're, we're not going to get that charade. So that whole that Ian Rappaport, if you've ever watched NFL Network, he's a you could just tell he's a creep just from looking at him. <laughs> he just looks like a little weasel. Yeah, and he's one of those guys who at all of them do it. Schefter does it. Mort does it. Whoever else, they their sources for most things are agents. And basically, they get a lot of good information from them, but it's sometimes they have to carry the water for them. And this is water-carrying season. You get down to some guys are going to get fired, guys are positioning for jobs, some guys who have jobs are trying to hang on to them. So when I saw I didn't even see it live on NFL Network. I saw the tweet with the video, and there's um, Rappaport going, well, uh, I've learned that Matt Nagy's job is safe. And by the way... He started to take a more active role in playing pl- in calling plays again. Well, the second part completely—if you didn't know who planted the first part—the second part completely gives it away, completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's either Trace Armstrong, former Bear, great, or it was Matt's agent, or it was Matt himself. But whoever it was couldn't help but throw in a little extra at the end to just <laughs> give it away. Hey, look, this is clearly not from the Bears. Um, I also wasn't joking when I said I could just imagine George sitting there eating his breakfast grapefruit and hearing that Matt Nagy's safe and being like, oh, Mom, I guess Matt's safe. It's on the TV. <laughs> it's like, no, it, you're the one who makes the decision. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who wants to take credit for the brilliant play calling yesterday. Um if I were laser and I would be fighting over it, which was you take credit for it. No, you take credit for it. <laughs> um, you know, all the let's spread the field horizontally and then continue to do that the right. whole time, except for one 
one-shot play down the field where we require Mitch to become a contortionist to try to complete it. Right. Um, and then just, you know, they got away with the stupid, it's fourth and a foot, let's get in a shotgun. They got away with it once on that drive, on that, on that ill-fated drive that really sealed the deal in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then had to go for it on fourth again, and they did a quarterback sneak. And Mitch is good at that. You know, it's it fits into his skill set. And the the current configuration of Whitehair, Mustafa, and Bars is actually good at getting on just – you don't need a huge push when you need half a foot. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I know this seems obvious – when you get the other fourth and a foot, you can, you can do that again. You're allowed to call the same play again. No, right. this time they ran the most nonsensical short yardage play I've ever seen. Well, I shouldn't no, say, no, say that. Because right, a week yeah. ago, we Maybe saw the, the tight end end around. So that'll yeah. top anything. But they Mitch rolls out, and either Jimmy Graham doesn't know he's supposed to run a route, which I doubt, and then Allen Robinson are on that side, the right side. Mitch rolls to his right. But it's not a rollout where Mitch is giving himself a pass, a run pass option. He has rolled out so deep. He's like seven yards deep. So he's going yeah, to have to gain seven and he a half to. yards to get a first down, which he's not going to be right. able to do. So it's a pass only. So you've, you've taken the run option away from him, and now he only has one receiver who's actually running a route because Jimmy is doing this weird, like, He's blocking, but he's not blocking because he really isn't supposed to be able to block where he is. But he's also not running a defender away. He's he's not crossing with Robinson to try to confuse defensive backs. He's not clearing out a spot for Allen. He's just kind of taking up space. And then Mitch has nowhere to throw it and just does the Mitch thing, just, you know, blindly chucks it and it falls helplessly incomplete. Yeah. It's, I just, I don't understand how, and even if he said, we we ran out of fourth, we ran out of fourth in one place. Well, then run, one, the, of the, run one of the other ones. Run yeah. one of the ones you already ran. Well, but like the, the one thing we know Mitch can do competently is fall forward for a yard. Yeah. And they have been doing that all. And, and by the way, I think Tom Brady was pretty good at that with the Patriots. Yeah. Was he not? Well, the, the Patriots the were always, always. They never dicked around. They always just ran the sneak, and it never didn't work. Right. You hurry up, sneak. And that's down, not because of Tom Brady's exceptional athleticism. We've all Correct. seen the f- picture of him at the Combine. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That could be the next Leon Sandcastle commercial. Could be. Could um, be. Prime away from Subway. Yeah, it just it didn't make any sense. And No, it made no sense at all. But again, is that one of those things where they're just trying to show how smart they are? Is that, I, absolutely. Is that, they, yeah. Look how look at this cool play. You know, we don't need the yeah. cool play. We need a half a yard. Yeah, we can get a fourth. We can convert without the. I bet you. We, I'm surprised we didn't get the old worked in practice every time. That's what they said about <laughs> the tight end end around. Yeah. I mean, I really We're, do think part of the bear defensive regression. Now, part of it is that they have. They're going to have significant injuries for this week. Yeah, Roquan is, is, seems is. Was right. there an update on him? He, that, well, that didn't. Nay, you wouldn't get one. Okay, Roquan doesn't play, and Jalen Johnson is still out, and he, so you still have the Kindleville door experience. And then, <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't matter if it's Duke or Buster. It's just, it's yeah. going to take Drew Brees an extra couple of plays to remember whether he's supposed to throw at whoever twenty four or twenty is chasing. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I also think part of the regression is practicing against the bear offense. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. Because not when you look at the Bear defense, you're like, oh, this 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 defense could absolutely light up our offense, but nobody else. Yeah. I don't know if that's really a thing, but it just it feels like it's a thing. Um, you know, they were a during the five and one start, the defense was legitimately good. Like it was the reason it was it it would. You know, in the first three games, Mitch could screw up, put them in terrible trouble, and they'd get out of it. Um, he could get them the ball back for the comebacks against the Falcons and the Lions. And then just played really well against the Giants and and Tampa. Tampa that, that game against Tampa, um, that's a really good offense, and the Bears defense stood up to it. And since then, it's been no damn good. No. No, it's been terrible. So you go to New Orleans with an unreliable offense and an unreliable defense. And, you know, you could punt pretty well, and you can kick really good. Mm-hmm. And um, the punt returner will occasionally try to return a punt. And then Corderell will, you know, will bring everything out or try right. to stand on the end line and touch the ball. <laughs> so that's what we yeah. got. I mean, it was the game. It was a rare game yesterday where the Bears, uh, they they had they had some breaks going their way, like we talked about. They that first drive was a was a good Bears drive. They get the they get the fumbled punt return yeah. on the on the pass. Yeah, you could say that when they whatever. when they didn't score a touchdown on that, that yeah, it probably was their doom. Because yeah. in order to win, everything was going to they needed breaks and they had to take advantage of them. And they got a exactly. break and they didn't take advantage of. Them. Yeah, like hey, exactly. Like David Haw tweeted out, like, "Oh, that only getting a field goal there. My the Rogers might make them pay for that at some point." I'm like, "Yeah, on the next drive," yeah. which he did. It's like, yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, because the Bears had two leads. That? They were up seven to nothing. They were up ten to seven. And yeah. I would say that you know that's a rarity in this rivalry in recent years. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I isn't that isn't it, it's a 19 point loss, and we're looking like, yeah, but they had two leads. Yeah. In the silver first lining, eighteen minutes of the game, whatever it was, right? Um, I really felt like the now on its face, the controlling the ball feels like one of the only ways you can realistically deal with the Packers is you can't can mm-hmm. continually give Rogers chances to kill you. But I also felt like it had a second, more appealing uh, thing for Nagy, which was oh. We'll be less likely to get beat by forty if right. we at least can chew up some clock, because as much as as anything else, he really needed to get out of there without them just getting destroyed. And right. even though they got beat by nineteen and they got beat soundly, um, he was able to pull off that illusion that right. it wasn't that bad. Like, well, it really yeah. was. You lost by almost three touchdowns. Right. We can keep our phony baloney jobs. Give the governor a rump. Then get a rump out of that guy. Hey, you watch your ass. Um, yeah, so Nagy was trying to get his harumps. Yeah. So they... Um, and I guess he got them because they backed into the playoffs. Did he get a harump for that? I'm sure he did. Yeah. John Wolford and the Rams. Um, I'd sign up for John... I, I would trade Mitch for John Wolford today. And the Rams sure. wouldn't. So what's that say about <laughs> your... <sighs> What's that say about your franchise quarterback? quarterback? Yeah. That the Rams wouldn't trade you their backup for him. Um, yeah, and the Rams have Jared Goff starting for them, yes. too. 
So. The Rams are going to be in the very weird position in the offseason of they got the $100 million quarterback that they know is no damn good, just like the just like the Niners do. Right. This whole idea that the, oh, the Bears have to re-sign Mitch because there aren't going to be any quarterbacks out there. There's going to be lots. Now, they might not be any damn good, but if, if you want, there, there's going to be a significant quarterback shuffle. Now, I guess mm-hmm. if you shuffle a bad hand, it doesn't really matter. Everybody sends up with a new dud quarterback, but at least it'll be different. But yeah, there's going to yeah. be plenty of guys out there from, you know, Sam Darnold and Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo and um, Brian Fitzpatrick. I'm sure will be out there again. Right, right. Um, the thing is, if you think you could actually f- get a good young quarterback in the draft, finding a one-year stopgap who isn't Mitch shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. So just caving and re-signing Mitch is a complete admission of failure. But we can talk about that after they lose next week. But Right. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, I don't, I don't know how you can come up with... I, I, one of the things that's really irritating, and I... And the Bears are not alone in this. There are a lot of teams, and Vic was not a fan of this either. The take your best corner and just, if the other team has a stud wide receiver, just that guy is going to take him all day. The Bears mm. the Bears have not liked to do that for a long time. I guess yeah. uh, Lovey used, Lovey used to make peanut chase around the other team's best receiver. And I think Nate Vasher in his glory days did the same thing. But uh, for the most part, teams don't do that unless they really feel like they have to. Yeah. Last night screamed for that. Yes. Because you didn't have your number two corner, and you didn't uh-huh. have your number three corner. And, yes, the Packers have more than one good one, but they have the best wide receiver in the NFL this year, Devontae yeah. Adams. And you have a good corner. And if, yeah. if, you, if, if Kyle Fuller has to get out of his comfort zone for three hours one day, last night was the time to do it. And maybe he'd have got lit up, but at least he would have got lit up. It would have been your best on their best. Absolutely. Instead right. of... Conveniently allowing the Packers to scheme so that Adams never had to go anywhere near Kyle Fuller, which is what they did. Like he beat right. him once. It was like one right. play where Rodgers was like, "Go, to, let's let's try it out. Go to that side." Yeah, and so completely like a little ten yard out in front of Fuller. Which was, so instead we get to see Duke Shelley trailing Devontae Adams by four or five yards as he runs into the end zone. And uh, yeah, to say nothing of the now again, this is where we're going to the. You know, Ch- Chuck Pagano is obviously uh, he, he may want to be looking for uh, housing uh, outside of Chicago yeah. next year. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but but it's I also mean, it kind of it's indefensible to have a, a, a linebacker <laughs> to have Trevathan covering Valdez Scantling, and I, I mean the the scheme on this yeah. is just it's, even it's, that is even that I have a hard time blaming it all on Chuck because Chuck's not the head coach. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive coordinator, and everybody who listens to this podcast, I would assume, although I don't know about some of the reprobates who download this, most of us have had a boss <laughs> at some time in our lives, or maybe even been a boss. And if one of your employees comes up with a terrible plan for something, they have to run it by you, and you have a chance to go, no, 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 that's dumb. We're not yeah, doing we're, that. We're not doing that. Yeah. And so the idea that your defensive coordinator, and I know the Nagy gives total autonomy to the defensive coordinator. That's fine, but it's Nagy's choice to do that. 
And yeah, this isn't true. a one week. Oh, what happened to the Bear defense? At some point, especially once he supposedly gave up play calling to Bill Lazor, he had a little time on his hands to go to the defensive meetings and go, "All right, coach, can you explain how we're going to defense this and this and this?" <laughs> right. And then when he sees Danny Trevathan, his little X on the you know that gets back to the whoever has the white whoever has the marker last wins. When yeah. he sees that, his little offensive coordinator thing should be like, "Oh no, no, no." We would love to see that if, if we're calling yeah. plays. So don't do that. Yeah, that scheme, Chuck, if I'm an offense, I love that because yes. you've got a linebacker covering a guy who can run a 4-3-40. Yeah. Right. So as a, an offensive you have an player, old, Chuck, You have an old linebacker with a bad leg, and he's, we're going to have him chasing people around the field. That's just It, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Brian Urlacher would have had a hard time with that in his prime. Right. Danny Trevathan is not Brian Urlacher in his prime. And Danny Trevathan is not even in his own prime. We're not going to ask him to do that. So Nicky could, in theory, say, you know, Chuck, if I'm the offense, if I see you doing that, I'm liking that a lot as yeah. an offense. But maybe you want to rethink that yeah. plan a little bit. Or it could be that Nagy is, you know, because maybe he doesn't even know offense, which seems kind of likely. And he did look at it and went, yeah, that seems fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that Moose was even more. You know, apoplectic about it on the replay when he saw that not only was Trevathan trying to guard Valdez Scantling, but he was required to fake a blitz first. Yeah. So he literally had to step across the line of scrimmage and then turn and try to chase the wide receiver, who's just running from the snap. Yeah. And Rodgers knew it was coming. He very clearly saw that Trevathan was blitzing, looked and saw there's nobody else who can pick up Marquez. So Rodgers just stands back, pats the ball a couple of times, and just flicks it to Scantling, who's now wide open. Yeah. Right. Two seconds right. after the ball is snapped, he's already, it's already a touchdown. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm not even, and there's another, there's a, pr- a problem with firing your defensive coordinator when the rest of the league figures you're probably gone in a year. Who's signing up to top right. on your staff to get fired next year, to get cleared out with you? That is a problem. That's an issue. Um, this is where, if the Bears were actual strategic thinkers, if the McCaskies, um, you could really use a, a, a kind of a high-profile hire like defensive coordinator, or you could force Nagy to hire a different offensive coordinator, and you could actually earmark some up-and-coming assistant who you think, that guy's going to be head coach someday. Let's get him in the building. Let's let him do it for a year. Maybe we have a good year and it doesn't matter. Maybe this all goes to shit again, and then that guy is in the pole position to be our coach. And we don't even have to say it, but him and his agent are going to figure out, you know, you want to be a head coach next year, it might not be a bad idea to go, you know, t- cash some McCaskey checks for a season and, mm-hmm. and you know, snicker to them about what an idiot Matt Nagy is, and then they give you the job. Right. I don't know. I I know that kind of thinking doesn't happen with them. They, <laughs> the the Bulls on their weird uh, Chicago heritage jersey, whatever they call it, the one that has the the weird font, the Art Deco font, and the thing on the side at the bottom of it is stitched. No small plans. I think that the Bears jerseys should have all small plans sewn into them. <laughs> We've got a, a monopoly on the small plans yes. here in Lowe's Hall. 
Yeah. So the exciting, if we can use that word, part is that there's a game next week. Yeah, and not only the Bears aren't in the, you know, um, they're not in the nobody's ready to watch football yet noon Saturday time slot. If you were ranking the time slots for the playoffs, like, well, I know how this how they sell it to advertisers. Um, the Saturday night seven o'clock central game is a big game. Mm-hmm. The second biggest game is Saturday. I guess it's three forty, not three twenty-five. That's the one the Bears are in. Sunday. Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. Sunday. The two, Sunday, the, yeah. the the three biggest games on the slate are Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night. mid afternoon, late Sunday. Right. Those are the three right. big ones. Right. And they put the Bears in arguably this what might be the number one spot, but at least the number two. Yeah. It smacks of. It's our only chance to get a Chicago audience because they're going to be gone. So let's right. cash in. Um, right. But yeah, I guess it shows that the networks know that rubes like us, even though we're sitting around complaining, none of us aren't going to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll be watching. The game is also simulcast. You don't have to watch it on CBS. No, you don't. You can also watch it on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Incredibly. Or you can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime if you want to do that. So the Nickelodeon tie-in, I'd forgotten they were doing this. Um, so CBS Sports and Nickelodeon are getting kids and families into the game with a special slime-filled presentation <laughs> of the National Football League's wildcard game on Sunday, January 10th at 4.30 Eastern. The NFL wildcard game on Nickelodeon will feature one-of-a-kind kid-focused content and Nick-themed elements throughout, including a special halftime presentation, guest reporters, and original on-field graphics, virtual filters, and more. Uh, Play-by-play announcer Noah Eagle will be joined by CBS analyst Nate Burleson and Nick star Gabrielle Nevaeh-Green. She's on all that, and Nickelodeon's (laughs) unfiltered whatever those are. Okay. Um, additionally, Nick star Lex Lumpkin, who's also on those <laughs> same two shows, will serve uh-huh. as a reporter during the game. Nickelodeon's coverage begins with the SpongeBob Sports Pants Countdown Special, a sports-themed compilation special at 4 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Denver Broncos' Von Miller, highlighting SpongeBob's best sports moments and featuring pre-kickoff appearances by... Two guys who just scream Nickelodeon, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, as well as Eagle Burleson and Green. Now, lest anyone think, you are not reading this from The Onion, correct? You are reading this from the... I'm reading this from the... the, the, This is a news release from the NFL. Wow. Yes. Uh, Also, if you stick around at halftime, uh, you get a sneak peek at Camp Coral, SpongeBob's under the under years, which follows ten-year-old SpongeBob SquarePants and his pals as they spend their summer building underwater campfires, catching wild jellyfish, and swimming in Lake Yuckymuck at the craziest camp in the kelp forest, Camp Coral. The series will debut this year on Viacom CBS's rebranded streaming service Paramount Plus, and then later in the year on Nickelodeon. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a lot to unpack there. I think the best part of this is, and it's not in there yet, but it's I, they wrote the release clearly before they got the Bears. But um, also at halftime, uh, Mitch is going to be involved in a, a spelling bee against a couple <laughs> of eight-year-olds. Um, Mitch has no chance of winning, but that'll be fun. Yeah, and one of the words is Trubisky. <laughs> M-E. <laughs> no, Mitch, you have to X. No, not what you sign on your – no. Uh, and at some point Lex Luthor comes in and kills everybody. Is that what you said the guy's name is? Lex Lumpkin, which is Lex Lumpkin. Worse. A Lumpkin. <sighs> hmm. So that's how seriously the NFL is taking. Bears well, you got to you got to get the you got to get the young audience. We don't know for sure, right? That Tony's going to do the game. Tony has the COVID. And was yeah. unavailable on Sunday. They had to fly uh, Norman Boomer Esiason all the way out to L.A. to do the game. It's funny because um, I would have loved to have been in whatever meeting they were at where they're like, all right, we're going to need one of the guys from the NFL today to go out and fill in for Romo. Who have we got? Oh, we got Phil Sims. Oh, no, no, no. Shit, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> not like he was the number one announcer for 15 years. Right. Couldn't send him out. They had to send Boomer instead. Let's go Boomer. Mm. So I wonder. I would guess by then, Tony CBS will have some kind of phony baloney fake test, and Tony will pass it, or maybe they'll just have Tony do it from home. Could do that. Could do that. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. The Bears be phoning it in. Why not Tony Romo? <laughs> now there is a case. There's a case to be made for a Bear upset, and it's not just because of the eerie parallels to the 1994. Uh, Bears Vikings wild card game, which this is probably not that surprising. That's what twenty seven years ago now. Twenty six, I guess, because the playoff game was yeah. in, was January right. something nineteen ninety five. Twenty six years ago, that's the last time the Bears made the playoffs without winning their division. Hmm. They haven't made it a whole hell of a lot in between. Um, and then they once under Duran, and then three times under Lovey. And then once under eight. So this is actually, they've made it, I guess this is the, one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth time now since then. But Nagy, I mean, we needed the extra COVID playoff spot. Yeah, this should it. have an asterisk the size of, I don't know. But, uh, hey. Of, I mean, if they're going to add a playoff team, team, you might as well be the, if they're going to add it, you might as well be the team that gets it. Right, sure. Um. That Bear team also unspectacular. That Bear team also backed into the playoffs. Uh, that Bear team also got destroyed by the Packers late in the season. Played the Vikings, who they had already beaten them twice. That Bear team had not scored more than 27 points in a single game all year. They had the, they had, it was 1994, so offenses were, a lot of offenses were bad anyway, but the Bears even stood out. Um Steve Walsh was playing quarterback. He had gotten the job when Eric Kramer got hurt, and they just kind of let him keep it. Uh, he couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards in the air. Um, I think I read today in the, the Athletic reprinted a Kevin Fishbane thing from earlier. Um, Bears didn't have a single pro bowler that year. And went in there and upset the Vikings. Um, Vikings also had an aged quarterback, Warren Moon. Mm-hmm. Although he had a pretty good year, um, didn't even finish the game. Sean Salisbury took the last few snaps for the Vikings. 
Um, so the Saints have some challenges, namely Drew and his arm and his ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Alvin Kamara missed last this last game with COVID, and if the game were on Saturday, wouldn't even be eligible to play. He's only right. barely eligible to play on Sunday and will not be allowed to practice. And then Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is. Yeah, no. I think he knows the plays. Um, yeah. Michael Thomas is finally back after an injury filled season. Um, and there's the typical home field advantage in the dome doesn't exist because there's no fans. Right. So all those things should be pluses for the Bears. They are. But is it enough? And this is also a team that the Bears almost beat earlier in the season. That late mm-hmm. flurry from Nick Foles got him in overtime. And then Will Lutz made the field goal to beat him. Right. Uh, so I'm sure there will be people who will pick this as an upset. Well, and there's no there's no wind that Mitch is going to have to deal with to right. otherwise mess with his perfectly accurate passes. But I think that the only way the Bears win is if Drew has a bad game, Kamara either doesn't play or is, you know, the other thing about it, not just not practicing, but if he really had COVID, you know, maybe he can't breathe. That's part mm-hmm. of the deal. Uh, Thomas doesn't play well because he's been hurt all year. Um, he punched out um, whatever his name, Chauncey Gardner, during the season and got suspended, just like Javon Wims did. So he's teammates with Chauncey Gardner. Um, so if those things hold the Saints down and the Bears finally get to use Nick Foles in the one role he's ever been good at, emergency relief, then maybe they could win the game. It's a lot of things that have to fall exactly right, and yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but what is their reward if they win this game? <laughs> That would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they go to Lambeau and play the Packers. Wow. So, if we embrace the chaos theory, let's say let's say the let's say the the Bears, you know, break break glass, break uh, the emergency Nick Foles behind glass thing, and Nick Foles comes out and leads him to a victory. Oh, then who plays against the Packers? Yeah, no, then what happens? Doesn't matter. Foles probably, oh, wow. and then they get beat. 36 to 19 again, or whatever it was, 30. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it would depend why. Mitch, if Mitch gets knocked out, say he gets a concussion. I don't know how you could tell if Mitch has a concussion, but say Mitch got a concussion. Right. And then he's he's cleared and he's going to play. Then it becomes a thing. If he gets yanked because he's terrible and Foles comes in and bails him out, then he's not going to start against Green Bay. Um, Yeah. Well, and then that begs, and we'll talk about this after the Bears lose, but what happens then? What do they do next year with their quarterback situation? But we can hold on to that, and we can hope for a, hope for a Bears victory, which is not going to happen, but we can hope for it. Yeah. It's always, you know. Possible. As many games as they can play, that's what we want. That right. Doesn't mean we have to be all Pollyanna about, oh, everything's great. Everything's not great, but that doesn't mean you, you have a. You stumble into the playoffs, you have a fighter's chance because you're in it. Yeah. 
Crazier things have happened. Not much, but they have happened. Um, yeah, I mean, what happens if the Bears win on Sunday and then they go in and shock the Packers playing the <laughs> NFC title game? No, that against, would be amazing. You know, the Seahawks, the Bucks, who knows? It is hard, though, because, you, you know, uh, yesterday, Bears are down with, like, just under four minutes to go, you know. Mitch immediately throws a pick. Yep. And just another yeah. terrible, I just... Uh, terrible throw, not even I, close. It was, it's, it was one of those interceptions, too, where on the replay, you couldn't really tell where he thought he was throwing. Did he miss a receiver by a lot? Or... Did he try to squeeze it through like four people? He really, the shot from behind him that Fox used, I'll be damned if you had any idea who he was throwing to other than mm-hmm. the Packers. So, and he tried yeah. to throw that, the back breaking interception earlier. Um, one of the Bears ill fated trips to the red zone. Um, they finally remembered that Allen Robinson was on the team. And he's yeah. running an out, running an out just across the goal line, and he's open. And if you just throw to the pylon, it's a touchdown. Mitch threw it behind him, but well behind him, to the point where Kevin King didn't expect the ball to be coming to him, and it hit him in the nuts. The <laughs> defensive back got hit in the nuts with a pass because he's like, "Well, that's not coming to me." Holy crap! There it is. Yeah. He missed him by so much that he avoided an interception because he sh- he surprised the defensive back. Who's like, oh, there's nobody to throw the ball to over here. Oh, here comes the ball. <laughs> it's all part of Mitch's special kind of brilliance. Master plan. But, you know, most NFL teams, you think at the end of the game like that, okay, you're down two scores. It's under four minutes to go. Most teams like, all right, we'll, we'll make a game out of this. Most quarterbacks can muster up something. Maybe they can get a touchdown and maybe they're, you know, maybe they try the onside kick there's more often than not, there's a chance that there's going to be a comeback. There's immediately, there's just no chance. Yeah. That's when the other team goes to the defense that Mitch can handle, which is the, just keep everything in front of us. Yeah. You know, that's when he rolled up his, the, the decent stats that it looked like he put up against them back after the bye. They were all meaningless. It was all empty calorie stats Mm -hmm. because the Packers, the game was well in hand and they just want the game to end. Just keep everybody in bounds. And they're not going to score on us anyway. And if they do, who cares? Right. And Mitch rolls up. Who is 280 yards passing or whatever it was? It's like, yeah, but when? what was it like when it mattered? It was right. bad. And that was mm-hmm. a lot of that on on Sunday, too. The difference was they the game plan was so dumbed down with these prescribed one-read short passes that the Packers were f- fully content to let the Bears complete because they could tackle the guy and – not be at risk of giving up a first down, much less anything more. If that's the way you want to play, I don't know why you're even bothering. Yeah. What's the path to victory playing that way? There isn't one. Unless Aaron Rodgers has a, well, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers threw three passes that conceivably could have been intercepted. Two that probably should have been. The Eddie Jackson diving the ball goes through his hands. Vildor, who I don't, I have no expectations he's ever going to make a play. The Marquevious Mingo one was... Mingo reached out and got one hand on it. Would have been a great catch. Right. But three times, Rodgers was like, eh, let's see if I can squeeze this in. What's it going to hurt? Yeah. And the Bears didn't convert any of those. 
And Nothing. You, they would have had to have done it at least. Although I guess if he pick, throws one pick, then the other two probably don't happen. Um, you know, you, oh, yeah, you, and and unlike, unlike the uh, and unlike unlike the Packers, the Saints have a pretty good defense too. Yeah, Saints have a significantly better defense than Green Bay does. Yeah, which bodes ill for young Mitch. Yeah, and the fellas. Um. You know, the Bears ran the ball 31 times. Given how long they had the ball, should have been 50 times. Yeah. That's the one way you can move the ball on the Packers reliably is to run it. Their pass defense is um, top 10 in the NFL. Rush defense is significantly lower. <coughs> but they, they haven't given up a tremendous amount of yards because they tend to be ahead. And other mm-hmm. teams are throwing to try to catch up because right. their average, they give up four and a half yards a carry, which is in the bottom third of the NFL. So basically, if you if you can stick, if you can stay in the game long enough to stick with the run, you've get you've get, given yourself a chance. It's what happened to the Titans on what was it Saturday Night Football, wherever it was a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, the Packers did a good job of slowing. Um, slowing them down early, and then they got a big lead, and the Titans had to just start chucking it. And then it doesn't matter that you have a six foot four, 270-pound, 2,000-yard halfback because you don't have time to keep running the ball. You're going to have to throw it. Well, the Bears, with the time-consuming first drive and then the second one, could have stuck with the run, and they just don't have it in them. And yeah. I'm sure Nagy would be like, well, the short passes are supposed to be just like the run. No, that's not the idea. <laughs> the, the idea is to actually make them stop the run, not, you know, let their defensive backs have, you know, relatively easy tackles to make near the sideline over and over and over again. But we, you know, I, nothing like that should surprise us. They don't, No. they don't want to run the ball. They really don't. They've found out, begrudgingly found out that their offensive line does a pretty decent job of blocking for the run. David Montgomery is, you know, a solid running back, and they treat that information like it was irrelevant when they really mm-hmm. need it. So, but I'm sure it'll all change when they go to New Orleans. Yeah. They'll just. Oh, just the, the brain trust is hard at it right now. I'm sure figuring it all out. Because one of the, you know, this is the Dave Wanstead Bears in 1994. Dave was the Mitch Trubisky of coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Just a blank slate over there. Uh, you know, always confused. But even yeah. he, they looked at what they did the first two times they played Minnesota on offense, and they threw it all out the window. So that didn't work. We tried it twice. It didn't work. And they ran a completely different approach. Um, you know, I don't even know what the Bears, what their plan B would be, but it's going to have to be something different. Or... Yeah, I mean, they don't have they they don't have uh, they don't have a roster to do a lot of different things though. No, no, they and the don't. idea that um, you know the Bears they don't for whatever reason they could never go out and find the second running back, which is uh, so mind boggling because this idea thing- that well they had Tariq Cohen, yes, but Tariq Cohen is not an every down halfback either. No, so losing the- him didn't change the need for a second running back to go with David Montgomery. 
What it did I was think... it turned Darnell Mooney yesterday into Tariq Cohen. That's basically what they used him as. That's they even right. lined him up in the back. They clearly were running plays they had designed early in the year for Cohen, and Mooney was running them because Mooney was lined up in the backfield sometimes. Yeah. I think we talked about this in week one of the season about how the Bears have basically one running back. Yeah. And yeah, if there's one thing, it made no sense. And it, it, made no, it made no sense for so many reasons. But one, if there's a position where it's typically easy to find yep. depth in the NFL with running back. Right. And it's, secondly, you're the Chicago Bears. You should be, if nothing else, competent at running the football. Yeah, there are there are an abundance of runners and it's a position where you tend to go through several of them, even if it's just, yeah. you know, injuries that keep knocking out for a week or two. Anybody with a fantasy team could tell you that you're constantly trying to find you, you, you look at your thing and both of your running backs have cues next to their name on Friday. And you're like, Oh shit, I've got to find another running back just in case they don't play that you'd think an actual NFL coach would be the same way, which is all right. What if, what if Montgomery gets hurt? What are we going to do? Instead, yeah. they're just like, oh, we're just going to throw it. He almost looks well, at many, it. It's an opportunity for him. It's a, it's an excuse not to run the ball. Oh, running backs hurt. We get to just chuck it now. That's all I wanted to do well, in the first place. Well, how many fantasy, how many fantasy GMs are out there have figured out what Ryan Pace can't figure out? <laughs> you got to have some running backs on your, on your roster. I mean, <laughs> the... They really thought Corderell was their like one A running back. Like it was Montgomery, yeah. and then it was they were pretty close. It's like, well, why would you think that? I we can blame it all on Bill Belichick because Belichick looked at Corderell and was like, "This dude's big, and we're gonna pick, we're gonna find a few plays for him. We're gonna put him in the backfield." And I somehow convinced Ryan Pace that Corderell was a running back, but I guarantee you, Bill Belichick never looked at Corderell as a running back. No. He looked at him as a guy that for this for these six plays, we can line him up behind Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that's the problem yeah. when smart guys use players and then dumb GMs go, Oh, that's what that guy can do. Like, no, he does he doesn't have all the skill set of a running back. No, I guarantee you Belichick wouldn't have given the quarter all the ball thirty times in a game, but he gave it to him four right. times. Yeah. I say that, and I should go back and look. There probably was a game where Cordell ran 30 times. Probably against the Bears, because I seem to remember him <laughs> running. They used him as a halfback quite a bit in that game. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's, you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. This uh, one, uh, one thing I want to talk about was the, um, so in the post game with Nagy, Brad Biggs asked the question, do you think you've closed the gap against the Packers? And he said it, and we could hear it, but apparently it, it broke up and Nagy couldn't hear it. So they went to a, they went to somebody else, but they came back to Biggs, and he asked it again because I got infuriated thinking about it while Nagy was answering a different question. And then Nagy came back and he asked it again, and Nagy answered it. And I'm like, to me, I can't even tell you what Nagy said. I can tell you what I thought, which was, Nagy's first year, the gap was in the Bears' favor. <laughs> they were better than Green Bay. It took a miracle comeback from Rodgers in week one, and then the Bears beat the crap out of them physically on in week 14 or whatever it was. Mm. The Bears were better than Green Bay, to the point where Green Bay fired Mark McCarthy during the season, probably because they looked and went, shit, I think the Bears are better than we are. That We can't stand for that. 
Yeah. And the fact that, you know, two years later, losing to them by 19 points gets a reporter to ask a legitimate question. Have you narrowed the gap? (laughs) How did the gap get that huge in two years that losing by almost three touchdowns is narrowing it? Right. Have you you narrowed the gap you created? (laughs) Or have you continued to widen the gap? Maybe that's the way it should have been phrased. I mean, they, they talk all the time about John Greenberg likes to classify uh, George McCaskey as, you know, he's clearly not, he's not a football executive, but he's a, he always clarifies him as like a passionate fan. And I think it's probably true. I think he really wants the Bears to win. Okay. Um, but how can you, I would say this, say I, if I were George and I just want a full meatball it. I would just say to whoever the Bears coach was, no matter what, you have to be better than the Packers. Mm-hmm. My goal as my goal as the owner of this team is to always have a team that's better than Green Bay. Right. And if you fall below that, then you're out, and we're going to find somebody else because we're going to try to get better than the Packers. Even if the Packers are four and twelve, you can be five and eleven. But if the Packers are thirteen and three, you better be fourteen and two. Mm-hmm. That's your goal. That's who you're, we're measuring ourselves against. Which is not a bad goal because, I mean, yeah, because if, if you could be better than the Packers, particularly as the Packers are have been for the last several years, then you're going to be better than a lot of teams. Yeah. So that's good. But this, well, you've narrowed the gap. No, we're not about narrowing any gap. Narrow <laughs> the gap. It's like the old Al Davis. Some teams take what the other teams give them. We take what we want. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders didn't well. do that for the last 15 years that Al owned them, but still. That Sound was cool. his. That was the mentality. Yes, that was, was the mindset. You know, this is yeah. not we. This we're not going to accept this. And I don't care that you won Coach of the Year two years ago. That's irrelevant. Yeah, this team is is the is literally mediocre now. Regular That's season that. last two years, sixteen and sixteen. Yeah. Throw well, in by the, the playoff way, loss to the Eagles. You're below five hundred. Is does Greenberg? Uh, think that I mean, does George McCass that George McCassie should get extra credit because he's a no? He's fan? I mean, isn't that John a- isn't writing that as a compliment to George. He's basically trying, and I think it's an effective way of communicating to the reader what because basically he says George is not. He's not going to make there's there's not going to be any big picture decisions it. made from George. Gotcha. It's why they need it's why they need to let to make Ted retire and hire a president, a real one. Because right. George isn't is not suited to run a football team, right? Because that's that's one of the other things John jokes about a lot is that, you know, the Roonies, and the Maras, and the Hallises. One of the three families couldn't develop a football executive. The other two did. <laughs> right. You know, he grew up around dad owned the dad, dad basically created the team, ran the business. The Roonies are on, um, what generation three, the Maris Wellington ran it for a long time. And now they've off now they're, they've run out because none of the, you know, Kate and Rooney don't seem to want to do it. Right. They've got better things to do. They're not running the, coming back to run the football team. Um, and then there's the McCaskies, which is just a seeming pile of idiocy. Yeah. And so, you know, this is one of those things where if, 
if if there was a real commissioner in the NFL, you'd swoop in and demand the McCaskies sell the team. Yeah. Because you're like, all right, we can't Chicago's too important of a market to have you idiots in charge of it. You right. gotta sell to somebody. Cash in, take your two billion dollars, but we've got to entrust this to somebody who can run it competently because you're costing us money. That's what should happen, yeah. But you know, they don't you know, commissioners don't do that. Commissioners work for the owners. Right. And you know. I do wonder what it'll be like. Although I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Um if that when if Vag ever dies. I just don't think she's ever gonna die. I think you know, when I'm when I'm eighty and she's hundred and twenty seven or hundred and twenty nine, whatever she's gonna be, I just expect she's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Um her, she deflects a lot of rage from Bears. Yes, that's true. It's really hard to be mad at a 97-year-old woman. Right, right. And Even the, though the she's not really doing anything, she doesn't run anything with the team. Right. She's literally just the matriarch. She's just there. They, you know, they strap her to the back of a Duesenberg and they drive her to Green Bay in a snowstorm and make her sit in the booth in a pandemic so that NBC can get three shots of her during the game. They should have just taken a cardboard cutout because it's as animated as she is. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's just, it's really hard to be, to be, you can't be mad at her. That's true. Right. And I do think it helps soften things a little bit. And mm-hmm. at some point she's not going to be there. And then, then it's just the Stooges. They can't even hide behind the goodwill that Grandma had built for them or Mom well, that, some of their kids. And then they and then and then they probably do cash out once that happens. Oh, I don't think they're ever going to do it now. I think you know? that time passed. The economics of football changed so. There was a time when they when the there was a time when the grandkids wanted to vote and sell. Yeah. And, but it was because they were cash poor. Not poor like normal people, but poor, cash right. poor for rich people. They had this big asset that they couldn't squeeze the kind of revenue they all wanted to get, you know, talk about phony baloney jobs. That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to do it. And they were getting mad and like, well, if we sell, then we can all get a big fat check. So let's do it. Right. Well, then the NFL signed that the first billion dollar football contract. I don't know what it was, 15 years ago or whatever it was. And all of a sudden... There are big checks that come in, and you don't have to sell the team to get to have cash to have cash flow, and it quieted all the grandkids down because they're getting checks. They're not getting, you know, they're not getting checks for tens of millions of dollars, but they're all comfortable, and they've completely stopped demanding that the. Now they're like, oh no, don't ever do that. That's the piggy bank. We can dip into that forever now. Mm. It's just like the evil bastards that run the Cubs. My real fear with that is that we know this this generation of asshole that runs the Tom and Pete and uh, Todd and Laura. We get, Laura always gets exempted, but I mean, come on. She's I'm sure she's fourth on the asshole list, but she's still on the list. <laughs> What's Generation Two going to be like? Mm. I shudder to think what Todd and and Tom and Pete's kids are. But they're going to be worse. They're not going to be better. They're going to be worse. And there's going to be more of them. And God knows what it's going to be like then. 
that's basically where we are, where we're going to be with the McCaskies as soon as Virginia's gone. Yeah. You know, well, they're not, and they're not going to want to sell, but they are going to want to, you know, they're all going to want to meddle. Put their stamp on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't know what an ideal ownership is. You know, the Cubs were owned by a corporation for a long time. That was shit. That wasn't any good, no. And then you're like, oh, we're gonna get, this will be better. We're going to a family. They're going to be more invested. They're going to be more transparent. And then we end up with these turds. Right. Well, that worked for a while, and then it went south. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of... It was kind of a perfect storm. Um, Tom did one really smart thing. He tired Theo. Yeah. And then... But he... The leash clearly got started to get pulled on Theo once they won the World Series. It was kind of a, a batting that you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Let's finally win one, and then as soon as we do, all right, we did it. Now we can focus just on income. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, our, our Chicago teams have. Uh... Some interesting ownership. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you end up with Jerry. Right. And that's not any better. I mean, he... What what if the Bulls had drafted Sam Bowie? (laughs) What is Jerry Reinsdorf's legacy then? Yeah. He wouldn't own the Bulls. No, no way. He wouldn't. He, He never... It took him a long time to own him in the first place. Right, right. There was that a weird setup. Yeah, he was just he was the chairman of the board. He didn't own a majority. Um but yeah, if they never have Jordan and they never, you know, become the cash cow they were for a decade, Jerry's yeah. not he's not he's not wasting his money on the Bulls. He's just he's all worried about the White Sox instead. Another team that he bought with Eddie Einhorn. He bought that with Eddie's money. He didn't, it's not his own. Right. Huh. But anyway, I don't know yeah, how yeah, it yeah. descended into that. I guess just every time you talk about the Bears, it, well, we talk about the future of the Bears, ownership becomes a huge part of it. Yeah, it does. It's the reason there aren't going to be dramatic changes this year. Eight and eight made the playoffs. All of a sudden is good enough. As a pass, it right. saves everybody their job. Um, I do think that if if Nagy were a year, if this was next year, then he really he would be in trouble, and he will be next year unless they dramatically get better, which I don't see how they're gonna. Well, let me play devil's advocate because the one thing that George could do to really change this perception. And to really endear himself to the fans in a way that no other McCaskey has done is to clean house. If they lose Sunday, is to say, you know what, eight and eight in a playoff loss, not good enough for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Not good enough. If you were to do that and and clean house and and bring in the right people and all that sort of stuff, he could turn himself into a hero if, if he wants to do that. Yeah, he can do it without doing it. He can do it with Whoever they assuming that they actually hire a new president, he right. can do it by telling that person, "You evaluate Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and make whatever change you need to." 
If you want to, if you want to, if you want to give Pace one more year and line him up with Nagy and observe him for a year, go ahead. If you want to fire one or both of them right now, you go ahead and do it. Right. And if he hires the right guy in that role, then we have, we, the, the decision is a foregone conclusion anyway, but yeah, you're right. He doesn't have to take, he doesn't have to be the bad guy there. Right. I mean, I could see them hiring a president who gets rid of pace and keeps Nagy for put basically puts Nagy on a one year thing. Basically says, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go out. We're going to look for, we're going to, we're going to, the emphasis this year is going to be on player personnel. And you get a chance to prove if we give you, we're going to give you who we think you need and you're going to have to make it work. And if you can't make it work, you're out. Which is smart because it it essentially buys them extra time. It buys them a free year. You go, well, that year doesn't count because we still had Nagy. Yeah. He couldn't do what we wanted him to do. Now, but you're right. If you get somebody who is, if you get somebody who's really sharp, they're going to clear everybody up. Yes. They're going to be like, all right, how much more evidence do I need? that you guys aren't up to this. You're all gone. Um, we say that, and then we very well could be sitting here a week from now with the those that awkward end-of-the-season press conference that starts with George making no announcement about Ted, and then Pace yep. and Nagy sitting there talking about next year, and then it's over. We just we blunder into the offseason, and... Stuck with all the all these guys again. Well, that's you've just described the most likely scenario. Yeah. That's what's most likely to happen. I mean, because you could argue that if this was a real NFL, if this was a real organization, um, the president announcement could have happened today. Even though yeah. it's the first day of the offseason, even though for the Bears they have an extra week before they go home. Basically, that was the end of the league year, and now everybody's contract's up, and George goes in and says, um, Ted's retiring, here's the new guy, and Ryan Pace is gone, and I'm sorry he's not going to get to, you know, fly with us down to his old stomping grounds in New Orleans and, you know, put his mask on and fist bump the guys he used to work with, Um, but this team's not good enough. Yeah. I'm sure somebody would say, "Oh, what does that say to the players?" Then I, I, I think the players. I don't think players know. give a shit. They don't give a shit about Ryan Pace. They worry about themselves. No, right. And if you ask any of them if the team's good enough, they're all like, "Well, I am, but no, these other guys, no." Yeah, of course. Right. When they get me better teammates, we're set. Yeah, I, what it might say to me as a player is, "Well, I, I mean, I guess I better play my ass off Sunday." Yeah. Yep. So we'll see what happens with uh, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, if we're all flipping over to Nickelodeon about <laughs> sometime late in the first quarter, things have gone bad. Things have gone really, really bad. Yeah. If SpongeBob Drew Pants is <laughs> lighting things up. Uh. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I don't like the optics of uh, SpongeBob themed anything in, in, in New Orleans and under the sea should not ever be conflated. They've had enough problems with that over the years. 
Yeah, water where, it, it water where it's not supposed to be. You don't need to bring that voodoo on them. Yeah. But uh, nobody asked me. Well, it's definitely a feed that I think, you know, I, I got a tape just to watch it later for the sheer comedy of what, what they're going to do over there. Not actual comedy, unintentional comedy. No. Yeah, it's it's one of those, It's it's clearly some marketing idiot. I can say that as a guy who's worked in marketing for a long time. Some marketing idiot came up with this genius idea. Oh, let's, you know, we need, you know, to get young fans. This is not going to get you any young fans. No. No. In fact, does SpongeBob even appeal to kids? It's most of the college age kids, right? They're the ones that grew up with SpongeBob. College age or older. That's what they're banking on, I guess, right? But is there any appeal there from a, a SpongeBob? Is there anybody going, you know, I wasn't going to watch the Bears-Saints game, but yeah. Spongebob. No, it's like, ooh, I'm going to watch the Spongebob game. Who's playing in it? <laughs> it's all Spongebob. I don't care. Oh, I got the yeah. Bears? They still have a team? Yeah, we got uniforms yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll know. Um, so the other NFC matchups are Bucks-Washington football team. And then a, uh, a, a, a an NFC rematch of a rematch, um, Rams, Seahawks, and there's already talk that even though he theoretically will be healthy enough to play, that because he played so poorly against the Seahawks two weeks ago, that Jared Goff will stand and watch the great John Wolford start a playoff game. Well. Like you said, they wouldn't trade him for Mitch. They wouldn't trade Wilford for no, Mitch. So. That was that was thinking a part of that as to why. But see, that's you absolutely can see Sean McVay making that decision. So yes, yeah, this is our better chance is with Wolford. We're just going to go with Wolford, right? And they can even hide behind the. I mean, who's really going to a week after you get your thumb surgically put back together? Yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't be playing anyway. I did enjoy the uh, that the Darnell Mooney concussion was an ankle injury. <laughs> it's like Adrian has hit him in the head. Yeah. And he somehow hurt his ankle. Okay. <laughs> That's just so they can, you know, don't have to, they don't want to even worry about the explaining away the, Concussion protocol. This is right. an ankle injury. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. It's like, bet, it's, so, like learning, it's like learning Tanya Roberts is still alive. I saw that. Is, is it a bad sign if your agent thinks you're dead? You're not? <laughs> not definitely, as an actor, that's not what you want your yeah. agent thinking. So no. Like, so, how, what have you been turning down? Thinking that I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times did Netflix model. call? And he said, oh, time is dead. Are you sure? We thought we saw her. No, that wasn't her. She's, she's dead, I think. We had a role for her in the crown. We didn't know. I didn't know. I thought you were dead. She was going to be, uh, she needed, a, needed another Princess Margaret for next time. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I think we've flogged this as much as we can. Um, we have. 
Yeah, so next away. week is either getting ready for Bears Packers three, or a uh, a yet another. I feel like we've done the post mortem of the Bears season like six times. Yeah, and yet there they are, still kicking. They're still hanging around. The problem, Matt. Somebody should explain this to Matt Nagy. The problem is now, once you get to the playoffs, um, another team in a different game losing can't help you anymore. <laughs> I cannot help you. You cannot back in. Right. The only team that can lose on uh, this weekend that helps the Bears is the Saints. And you have to directly do that yourself. You can't help somebody else. You know, this isn't um, C.J. Beathard leading a, you know, upset over the Cardinals and then John Wolford doing it a week later. Right. I mean, how does so Cliff like- Kingsbury keep his job after that? Good question. I think they played three backups in the last four weeks. Lost them all. They also lost to the to Cam Newton and the Patriots down the stretch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, is there somebody who's designated at House Hall? Like, look, you, you're going to be the guy. you got to tell Matt that if, if the Seahawks lose, that we, we don't get to play <laughs> the Packers. Because <laughs> he thinks that if the Seahawks lose, we're playing Green Bay. You've got to set them straight. I didn't think it was funny that during the game, the um, – uh, Pam Oliver is the sideline reporter, and she gave us the news that the Matt Nagy did, was not allowing um, reports of the score because yeah. he didn't want. And she was like, and they talked about, well, you know, maybe the Bears ought to know because if, say, the Rams get up to a huge lead, you could start to rest your starters, get ready for next <laughs> week. It's like, who do they have worth resting? Yeah, there's no. <laughs> they don't <laughs> have Aaron Rodgers. Not... Yeah, who are they worried about getting hurt? I guess they didn't, certainly weren't worried about David Montgomery getting hurt. They didn't bother to no. get a backup for him. So if he gets hurt with two minutes left, what's the matter? It just right. means, you know, you can throw the ball 85 times next week in New Orleans and make the whole coaching staff gooey. <laughs> All right. Here All we right. go. Playoff so, week. Playoff week. I've never been so excited. Yeah. For a Blair, Bear playoff game. Because I just know that this is when it all comes together. This one, the Matt Nagy plan is finally unleashed. This was all, this 8-8 eight and eight shit was Building. just rope-a-dope. Now we unleash the real bears on the NFL, and they, they are not ready. Now we unleash the monsters. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Until next week. All right. We'll talk to you then. All right. Go Bears. Go Bears.